Before there was Bo, Brett, or even Barry, there was Pat. Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show with Jim Rutledge and former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. Welcome into the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. I'm Jim Rutledge, live from the Remote Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. And we are brought to you in part by Simden Chevy in Mount Herb. We're all feeling it today. The weather is starting to change, which means snow could be coming on Sunday, I hear, which means now is the time to look for a new truck or a new-to-you truck or SUV from Simden Chevy in Mount Herb. If you're in the market for a new or new to you Chevy truck, I recommend Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. I got my 2021 uh, Silverado out there at Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. I am ready for winter. Are you? This is the Pat Richter Show. I'm Jim Rutledge, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Uh, we will have, uh, along, excuse me, I'm alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. And Pat, yep. I want to start with uh, today the news with the Green Bay Packers and uh, the fine that kind of came down against them for their violation of the uh, protocols for the NFL's COVID policies. And most people, not that uh, impressed, the Packers pay $300,000 in fines. Aaron Rodgers pays $14,650 in a fine, less than a fine that would be for uh, untucked jerseys and a fine that obviously does not really, uh, I would say, impact someone of, Aaron Rodgers' uh, stature as far as financially. And the other part of it is the Alan Lazard fine of 14650 is probably uh, more uh, substantial to him. But multiple reports out there have those in league circles on other teams uh, using the word that I'm not allowed to use on the radio, but the initials are BS on that. So not a lot of happiness coming around the league with the, the, the fines coming to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. No, I, there was a little note that came out to the board uh, the night before to say this was coming down, and uh, I think there was some discussion about appealing it as well, and uh, whether or not they will or not, that's another story. But uh, that's uh, I agree with you in terms of uh, what they were giving fines out for and different things. I think this one they probably feel that there's maybe there's something a little bit culpable on the NFL side. Maybe they uh, – you know, they knew about it and didn't do anything about it and hoped they were going to kind of skate by and maybe Green Bay, uh, they, they, they knew it. I mean, somebody had to know about it when they went to the NFL Players Association saying we're going to try to, uh, you know, appeal. This is a alternative method that I'm uh, protected and everything else. And, and it's a immunization and everybody's parsing words. But the fact is, is that the it seems like the NFLPA should have known about that. And I would think the NFL likewise, and there was some discussion early on when this happened about you know, who's at fault, who's lying, who's did this, and everything else. And, and I guess you know Aaron did, did not lie. Maybe he did just say, well, he, he's smart enough to understand. He got to ask the next question, which he didn't do. 
and uh, and then the question is, you know, about, what about the other the people in the NFL, the Players Association? Did they give a, a stringent uh, call in terms of what the protocols are going to be and make sure that you're following the protocols? Because if this is turned down, then there's something that has to be followed. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to say, you know, I didn't get vaccinated. Not the requirement there. No, they can't look into medical records anyway. But the whole point was is saying that follow the protocols once that happens. And maybe they didn't do the job either. So it seemed like there's a piece missing in there somewhere. But really, there's, this is kind of a case of first instance as to what the penalty is going to be. And uh, probably the most uh, severe penalty wasn't levied down was the fact that uh, we just didn't have him for the game. And that was, uh, it was unfortunate because it was one we could have won. This is the Power to Show, and on the point five ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. Uh, we'll circle back to the, everything going on with uh, Jordan, or excuse me, with Aaron Rodgers and the league. But I do want to get to the actual game for the Green Bay Packers and uh, Jordan Love and what he played or how he played. And let's kind of start with that, with the idea that Jordan Love uh, had a performance that was fine but not a great performance from him. And what did you? What was your takeaway from it? Yeah, I would agree with it. I guess the thing that hasn't been mentioned much is saying, I mean, I don't think there's been any quarterback this year that's had any more pressure on him than, than Jordan Love in terms of, you know, the, you can say that he didn't have the greatest protection. Very rarely did he get a chance to set up, you know, look around and go through his check checkpoints and then hit the open receiver. And a number of times, which may be more concerning, was the ball just kind of got thrown up in the air, you know, hoping that Devontae or somebody was going to run underneath it. And uh, and that was the most concerning because you got to protect the ball. The one time when he was looked like he was going down, he just kind of threw it up there. And I think Mahomes kind of did the same thing a couple of times. And uh, those are the things you just he came he came the baggage he came with to the Packers, and you don't want to see that because that's says maybe that we didn't learn something. But uh, all in all, it seemed like he did a reasonably decent job. And, again, like I say, it was a game the Packers could have won. Even at that, with the two missed field goals and, and all the special teams' uh, mistakes and things like this, it was a game that uh, clearly the Packers could have had in hand. And it was not, uh, not something you hate to throw out there because it was a game on the road against a supposedly good team which didn't have a good night. The it's kind of crazy, but uh, I had to agree with. I heard somebody commenting about the fact that even though Love didn't have a great night, he had a better night than Mahomes did, and that's that's something we said. But the Packer defense played outstanding. The Packers defense did play outstanding. I I think you know statistically, uh, you could say that maybe Love played a little better. But watching that game, uh, you know, Love has some ups and downs. It's very hard, I think, Pat, to really make any grand statements about Jordan Love after that one game. And if you are, and I know you're not, I think you're kind of just kind of trying to fall back into your own sorts of uh, preconceived notions about the pick. But I will say I'll give a lot of credit to Matt LaFleur. That team had so much distraction really over the last two weeks from that Arizona game on that Thursday through the Kansas City game. And everyone was just locked in and you got the best out of Jordan Love. I think you can get, yes, he's been in the league for a year and a half, but he doesn't take many snaps this time of year. And he was put in a tough position. Yeah. And I think, you know, you got to gauge it somewhat against maybe it's unfair or not, but it's what's going to happen against the, you know, the Justin Herberts, the Joe Burrows, uh, the Lawrence, you know, guys like that that would step in. 
did they look any better? I guess they did. They looked very confident. They did certainly didn't have any more time uh, with, with this, within the system, but they just seemed to be a little bit different. And you know, maybe maybe some of that is due to the system, uh, but that's bound to happen with respect to the comparisons. And I think that that's the one thing that uh, I mean. I think he, he got better as the game went along, but uh, he was under extreme pressure. And I think that certainly they played. The Chiefs played defense uh, specifically to keep him from getting the ball, getting rid of the ball. The running game was fairly effective, but you know, just the the line they get kind of beat up on it, and and at some point you have to throw the ball, and that's when it really became a little bit hazardous. And I think that uh, you know, they just uh, manage it, but certainly not the kind of thing you'd say. Well, you've got an experienced team behind you, you had a couple of years worth of. Uh, Back up and, and understanding the system, and he probably saw some defenses there that he hadn't seen at all anywhere. But certainly, probably could have could have uh, guessed that they were going to throw that at him. And they've got a pretty decent uh, defensive set, but uh, put a lot of pressure on the line. And uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate that it was as close as it was because you hate to see a game like that go by the wayside when it was right there within your grasp. And that game also, I think, was a a good reminder of what life could be like without Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, one of the best uh, quarterbacks currently in the game. And no matter how good that defense played, no matter how tight that team played, no matter how amped up that team was ready to win, and the Packers definitely have offensive weapons with Jones and Dylan and, and obviously Devontae, the best receiver in the game, but there wasn't an ability to – to feel like you could consistently score points. The, the touchdown felt great, but it almost felt like a surprise. And I think it was just, again, this isn't about love because he's got a long way to go to prove what he's going to be as quarterback, but it is a snapshot into what a lot of teams in the NFL deal with, no matter how good everything else is around the quarterback. The rest of it might not matter if the quarterback isn't at least above league average. Yeah, and I, I don't think we're there if, yeah, for sure. And and I think you know certainly you got some like you have Bakhtiari out and uh, and the center is out and uh, a couple of guys like that. But still, you know they you got to show what, under extreme pressure. I mean, if, if everybody would react accordingly like that with that kind of pressure, you do it all the time. Well, they don't because they get get carved up if they did. If they would have tried to do that to Aaron Rodgers, I mean he would have smoked them and. Uh, it would have been just a disaster for the Chiefs. I mean, as it was, it was close enough with a quarterback that hasn't had much experience. And probably when he was at his maybe best is sometimes getting getting away in the backfield and getting for some running yardage and things like this. And uh, But certainly uh, he got a little help from Cobb a couple of times. And, uh, you know, it just, it just didn't feel good. I mean, I think that we were all watching it saying, you know we're we're really lucky to be this close, and uh, unfortunately the field goals and then the the punt and uh, that hit the guy in the ankle and you know that just seems to be a perpetuating situation. It just doesn't seem to get any better, and that's the game that's that the kicking game and the special teams games is the one that really can kill you. And that's one thing that uh, did not improve. And I'm sure that Matt Lafleur made that number one. Certainly, as you said said with the with respect to him. He he took ownership, and I think that was uh, roundly applauded by everybody that saw that, that they just uh, needed to do that. And, and given what he went through, he did a damn good job up to the point of not being able to win the game. But certainly it could have been a lot worse. 
And Pat, as we transition here, the NFL's taunting rule kind of came back into the spotlight over the weekend, most notably in the Chicago game. But in general, it's just about every team in the league is annoyed by this. I think it was one owner. Uh, I can't remember if it's the Giants owner, but basically it was one person driving this new rule. And former players, current players, everyone really across the board, uh, even those you might not necessarily think would be – uh, for example, Dick Buckus came out and said, I don't understand this taunting rule. I don't like it. And that's a throwback player. So this taunting rule in the NFL has negatively affected just about every team, including the Packers. And it's it's just, at this time, uh, borderline annoying. It is. I mean, you, you try to put your arms around that and say, okay, what are the words that are going to be considered annoying or taunting or whatever? I mean, that's going to be virtually impossible. And I think in that respect... You know, to get a call like that, it's just uh, it's inopportune. It takes away. I mean, you want don't want the game to be vanilla. You don't want to get too crazy, but I guess you got to see if, in fact, I mean, we're big boys. You know what you have to deal with. You have to be able to take it. It's, taunting is what uh, teasing is. What is it? What's the borderline between teasing, taunting? <laughs> right. I mean, where do you go? I mean, this is stuff that you start talking about in kindergarten. I can certainly see Butkus's point and. Uh, and I think in that regard, you know, no harm, no foul. I mean, you're going to be, you know, be upset because somebody called you a nasty word. I mean, that's just it's the problem that we've got is the fact that we got too much intervention with respect to the microphones and things like this to get in there, and and they uh, they make that a kind of a a big deal when the camera angles are in there and you see somebody getting in somebody's grill and saying something, and somebody doesn't have enough to get into a fight or something. I guess they're going to take care of that with penalties. And so, uh, but to to say somebody just say, makes a great tackle, or you shut somebody down on a pass reception, or make a great tackle and things like this, and then you you turn around and say something. I mean, that just is ridiculous. I mean, I I don't know who we're offending. Maybe they're offending the officials themselves. Yeah, and uh, Pat, one more thing I have for you quickly is Greeny. Uh, noon to 12 said something I thought was interesting revolve, you know, that does it, you know, I think is tied to the Green Bay Packers here. And it was the idea that and we've explored it before in the offseason that this is one of those times, everything, the controversy swirling around Aaron Rodgers, that having an owner uh, to whether deflect, have a sit down with Aaron Rodgers, uh, stop whatever the Green Bay organization did, having an owner in a situation like this for the Green Bay Packers would have been uh, advantageous just from the idea that. Otherwise, he's answering to Murphy and Goody. Let's hear from Greeny first. If the Green Bay Packers have your back here, now there's no owner, and I think that hurts them terribly because there's no Robert Kraft, Jerry Jones, someone like that to sit him down and be like, listen, you're like a son to me, and I'm going to stand by your side through this. We're going to get through this thing together. But that now becomes the job of Brian Gutekunst and whoever else, Murphy, whoever else it is that's running the show there. And saying to him, we are standing shoulder to shoulder. We are with you through in this thing through thick and thin. Right now is a little thin, but there's been a lot of thick and we're counting on the thick again. You go out and do your thing and we will take all the bullets, the slings, the arrows, the fines, whatever else it is that comes along. And, you know, Pat, the interesting part is just most teams have a team president and a GM and then an owner. And there's a little more separation there. In this case, it's Goody you know, has his own agenda to try to win. Uh, and then Murphy obviously steps in there. Do you think there's a case where an owner could have helped Aaron Rodgers either deflect some of this or advise him to to step forward and own it? Because it does seem like a little bit afraid of Aaron Rodgers to allow him, because the team knew he wasn't vaccinated, to allow him to kind of violate these policies 
uh, really without any punishment from the team until the NFL found out. Well, we don't know what the team knew and when they knew it type of situation. And I think that uh, I, I've met these are the same people that are talking about this and the same kinds of shows that are saying, you know, when they every time Jerry Jones gets his nose into it, they get all over all over him and everything else. And so. I don't know that you'd want, I think this is a perfect situation with respect to the organization. I would be very surprised if, you know, Murphy didn't do exactly what you're saying. And you now he's not going to say that, and he may do it in a different way, but not as an owner and, you know, put an arm around somebody as a son or whatever. But I think that that's a healthier organization than having the owner step in. He's going to pick his spots. If it happened to the center, would he do the same thing? I mean, you get a little bit of a kind of a torn relationship, I think, there when you say that the the owners can be, uh, they deflect the arrows. I mean, I think in Aaron's case, it's pretty much, I don't know that anybody could deflect it, because just because he's kind of a hot commodity and there was a little bit of a history there with the summer and things like this, I think that that would have been something where an owner maybe might have helped in some regard, but there's certain limitations they have. But I do think that it's not as necessarily as healthy as they may think it is in terms of stepping in in this situation and then picking and choosing your spots as to when do you do jump in because that can get a little bit against the relationships in those locker rooms and things like that, that there's being different treatment to different players. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. This week on Football Sunday on ESPN Radio. The Cleveland Browns head to Foxborough to face the New England Patriots. Sunday on 100.5 ESPN. Don't you know I'm still standing better than I ever did? Looking like a true survivor. Feeling like a little kid. Welcome back to the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN. The ESPN app and Wisconsin on the man. Jim Rutledge with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter, we are brought to you in part by J&K Security Solutions. J&K Security Solutions, uh, is the website is jksecurity.com. You give them a call at 255-5799, and they can help integrate your world as they can help you protect the most important things in your life from anywhere in the world at J&K Security. Again, jksecurity.com is their website. And, Pat, we got Badger football Back on track, uh, mainly I would say the run game is has arrived and the defense has stayed dominant, but it's been enough so far. I don't know if it's enough to get them by a team like Ohio State or Michigan or Michigan State in the Big Ten Championship, but so far it's been enough and only a couple more games left to be able to lock down the Big Ten West. Yeah, you, you like to see a little bit bigger incremental leaps in terms of the offensive uh attack and whatever and uh, it's it seems like it's just coming we're inching along i mean we're getting better and better and and i think given the schedule the way it lays out it's it's uh, building towards their last game against minnesota which uh, you know up till last week when they they got beat by illinois which we can't really figure it out it was looked like they were going to be the uh, the biggest game we had on the schedule uh, nebraska may be a little bit tougher they seem to be kind of coming into their own but uh you know, Graham looked like he was a little bit better on target with his reception receivers, but he still there was a number of times when he just forced things down. I mean, we're sitting at home saying, 
well, it's it's time to maybe get at the tight end or Ferguson or whatever like that. Well, if we're doing that, I mean, the guys that are watching films for weeks on end uh, with respect, they're going to do the same thing. And throwing in the double and triple coverage isn't going to do it. I mean, that's getting away with some of those things and, and they're very close to being uh, picked off and pick six and things like that. But, you know, I think certainly the running game, I, I think there's still more upside with respect to the uh, the line offensive line that still seems to be uh, a work in progress and they're already a little bit young but getting better i mean they're big boys and uh, they're going to need everything they've got and that's like i say the schedule kind of lays out that way i think you know certainly nebraska is going to have some big guys and and you, uh, you you never know about northwestern we've got they've been kind of a burr in a saddle for us for many years but uh I think that you know, right now there's probably the likelihood is that the offense seems to probably sit back and kind of relax a little bit because they know the defense is going to be so doggone dominant and uh, and it just you know, they're not going to be able to be on the sidelines very long because they got used to a lot of three and outs and things like that. But it's you know, I think we're just fortunate to be able to have the schedule the way layout it is so that we can get a chance to get a little bit better, a little bit better all the time. We're a little concerned about. The running backs, but uh, but I think that with Chipper and uh, with uh, Watson or whatever his name is, uh, Jacobs. And, and I don't know if Lucy's hurt. And then we have uh, uh, who else has popped in there? The, who was the kid? Uh, uh, the the standout walk on who, who popped out of nowhere? Where on the running back side of things? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Julius Thomas made an appearance. You had uh, you had Jackson Aker make an appearance on Saturday. Yeah, I mean they all look they all look decent. I mean we've come to expect a lot of big things, and so uh, I guess uh, I hadn't heard anything with respect to uh, Malusi. But is he? Is, what is, is he questionable? Is it uh, this week, or is he, is yep. he ruled out or in or not? Questionable because as of now. Pretty big, big kid, brilliant Allen. He seems indestructible, and I think in that respect, the young kid he can take an awful lot of punishment. He's probably. At age 17, has had more chances and opportunities uh, to run the football than most guys that are uh, had a whole career in the school. But uh, it was good to have the number of guys we had. I'm not sure that uh, we've we've lost an awful lot. Certainly with Berger, you just don't know about him. But uh, but I think that uh, the Allen certainly has been a pleasant surprise and just seems very durable and just. Uh, he hate knock on woods indestructible, but uh, it just got to get that passing attack a little bit more refined and a little bit more creativity, a little bit more motion and things like this to keep everybody on their toes. Grover uh, Bordelotti is who I was thinking about. Ah, there you go. That was there everyone's yeah. little uh, pet project this week, especially on all the local news stations. But Pat, put Leo the, Chanel the, back there with his brother. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the passing game, by no means is it on point or where it needs to be, but it has shown signs of life. What have you seen from how Chris is calling and what they're asking of Graham that maybe allowing him to do what he does best that's kind of been able to help this passing offense grow? Well, I, I guess I've always been a little bit more of a, a proponent of uh, the, kind of the odd downs. I mean, it seems like we we run the first play instead of maybe play action and things like this. And I can understand that because I think Phil or uh, Paul thinks that he's going to get at least the three, four, five, six yards in the crack in the first play. Then you have a little bit more flexibility and saying, okay, now play action pass, passing attack works pretty well. 
But uh, at times, you just uh, play action pass and the first down, you have to take a few more risks, I think. And maybe that's because we haven't really, you know, well, you know, it was too late in the games we lost in terms of getting that. We weren't at this point in time. But I think that uh, occasionally now, and, and he's always been one to kind of kind of put things in, in the back pocket and uh, at least when least time you expect it to happen, he'll pull it out and all of a sudden he's a big surprise and everybody will be all excited. And so whether it's a jet sweep, whether it's a play action pass, whether it's a shovel pass, a little creative, I mean, you see different things around. He kind of stores those things. And, and I guess we maybe wish it was a little bit better, but we really haven't had to dip in for the last five, six games in terms of that uh, that type of an attack, and so uh, that, and maybe that's a luxury. As a coach thinks about it, he says, "Boy, I really haven't had to go to the the well with respect to my whole bucket list, so to speak, and uh, and I can pick and choose when I want to do that at an appropriate time, and and that's a good thing to have." And so uh, he may just you know just see a play or two here and there that he's uh, reaches in a bag, but I, I do like to, to to change it up a little bit in terms of the first second downs. A little bit more passing, but I think that uh, we've had our bread and butter for so long in the running game, it's pretty hard to pass it. Choose Oak Park Place. Bring your lifestyle to Oak Park Place where neighbors become like family. They believe in helping you write the best next chapter as you make new memories in a community designed with you in mind. Oakparkplace.com is the website. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. Saturday on College Football on ESPN Radio. 10th-ranked Notre Dame heads to their second-ever visit to Charlottesville to face the Virginia Cavaliers. Ready? Saturday on 100.5 ESPN. Welcome back to the Fabric Show on 100.5 ESPN, ESPN FM, Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. And we are brought to you in part by Oak Park Place. Oak Park Place allows independent and assisted living and senior care at Oak Park Place. And learn more at oakparkplace.com. We have some Metro Kia breaking news brought to you by Metro Kia of Madison. Madison's trusted Kia dealership, home of the 20-year 200,000-mile warranty, Madison Trusted Kia dealership, giving you trusted breaking news here on ESPN Madison. David Bakhtiari has been activated, which means he is now uh, eligible to play the rest of the year. If he was not activated today, then he would not have been able to play for the Packers this year. So hopefully that was just a procedural move and he's ready to go. But he is now an active member of the Green Bay Packers, which should put him really in a timeline I kind of assume. That was going to happen. I know, Pat, there was a little bit of talk. We'll get to the uh, sounds of the week in a minute. But there was some talk of like, oh, maybe David will be ready at the start of the season. I always thought that was a bit premature. Yeah, it was, considering uh, what he heard it in December, was it, uh, you know, last yep. year? Yep. Yeah. I mean, that that's a pretty short turnaround. You're usually you're figuring a year, and if that's uh, even uh, uh, possible. And so uh, I think that the whole question is in what he's done up to this point, you know, in terms of being activated and whether you, now it's going to be a couple of weeks at the, on the practicing and a little bit more aggressive, you know, I, I, it's hard to tell. It just all depends on what he's done thus far in practice and, and whether he can step in right now and you really want to take a chance on that. Uh, I think right now the way that they're playing, you know, you want to maybe just give him a chance to kind of ease into it because there's not a 
necessity that he has to jump right in, especially if Aaron's coming back this week. All right, time now for Sounds of the Week. These are the Sounds of the Week on the Pat Richter Show. Brought to you by Simden Chevrolet and Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. Well, Pat, we started the show off today talking about those fines levied against the Green Bay Packers. Head coach Matt LaFleur met with the media just a few hours ago at 1265 Lombardi Avenue up in the wonderful city of Green Bay. And he had this to say about keeping uh, keeping the outside noise outside. Yeah, it's called uh, kind of keep your head in the sand and don't look at anything. And I constantly have to remind everybody like in my family hey don't don't read don't look at anything and i i have to follow the same uh advice i guess it's just you just focus on the task at hand now this is good advice pat right but that's a lot easier than said than done i imagine especially in 2021 it is and maybe it's a little easier than green bay uh, because of being the way it is up there than others was like chicago or philly or new york or something like that but i think he's certainly right and and i think that that is the unfortunate the fortunate part about green bay is the fact that you know it, there's a lot more distraction in the big cities and that they have, from a team perspective it's a little easier to keep things uh, keep a lid on the things there but i think that he's done a pretty good job and we've had to deal with the summer the way it was and then Working up towards the uh, the game in the last weekend, and all the things and distractions and what happened with the COVID and, and uh, Aaron, and I think that for a young fella, he's learning awful fast. And I think that uh, in that respect, he gets high marks. I mean, people may say he doesn't say an awful lot, but I think he says what he believes, and he is pretty honest about things and open. And uh, if that's his attitude with respect to keeping the eyes out, if he's able to do that with his own family, I give him credit. Yeah, I can't really knock much of what Matt Floor's done as far as keeping this team focused during the season. He's done a great job. So whatever he needs to do, uh, he's keeping it up. Yeah, I imagine it hasn't been very easy, uh, especially the last, I don't know, week or so. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But uh, more rumors coming out of 1265 uh, the last 24 hours or so surrounding Odell Beckham Jr., which you guys obviously addressed a bit earlier. Uh, But Devontae Adams met with the media today, and he really didn't mince words when it came to the potential of bringing in a guy like OBJ. Hopes are up there pretty high. Been talking to him a little bit, so we'll see what happens. But um, like I've said previously, I don't don't expect anything to happen. But if if it does, that'd that'd be great. And Devontae goes on to say this. Obviously, the guys we have are more than capable, and, you know, we, we can go win a Super Bowl with who, the guys we have in that room right now. But um, just knowing, you know, that's Odell Beckham Jr. over there. You know, you can't just leave him one-on-one with just, you know, whatever corner. Yeah, so Devontae Adams really echoes every sentiment of every Packer fan I've talked to in the last 24 hours, Pat, right? You believe in the guys they currently have, but Odell Beckham Jr., kind of a different breed. Well, I have to be honest. I think Lazard is pretty dependable, but the other guys, you never Cobb is doing as well, and, and you, have, you really have some doubts about the other guys. I mean, you, he makes the long throws, and I think Aaron gives them an opportunity to make plays, but you still have that back in your mind whether they can pull it off or not. And I think that, you know, still when you when you mentioned about the the wide receivers and those out there. And then Devontae's on one side. You know you're going to get off a lot of coverage. If you had someone over the other side like OBJ, 
I think with respect to uh, what he can do, that changes everything. And I think this gets you a little bit closer to the warm and fuzzy stuff like what's happening with the the Buccaneers and with respect to what they did. And uh, I think that that would be something that uh, Aaron would love dearly. But whether or not they can afford that, I don't know. But the fact they're talking about it, somebody's talking about it, is, is a little bit encouraging. Yeah, they have offered league minimum. So not a lot there for the Packers to offer. Uh, It looks like Seattle and maybe the Saints and the Chiefs are in the mix there. All those teams to varying degrees are competitors, probably being the Saints or the Chiefs being the biggest competitor that could say, hey, we can help you win just as much as the Packers can. The wild card there, I think, will be uh, Odell does like to be the man, and he obviously wouldn't be the man here. So I guess we'd have to see how that would all play out. Would be plenty of opportunity still, I imagine, though, uh, because you've got a double-team Devontae still, even if OBJ's on the field. So uh, I think it's a bet, best fit for him, but we will see if he'll uh, accept the unbiased thoughts there. I well, it wouldn't be the worst weather anyway, because in Cleveland, you can't uh, you can't say that's a great place for weather. That's, that's a great point. Yep. Uh, Seattle, a lot of rain. I don't know if he's a Seattle guy. We'll see. But, yeah, you're right, Jimmy. I'm about completely unbiased. What about New Orleans? Who, who's going to be weather? throwing them the ball? Trevor Simeon? Well, we were talking about the weather. Was, that's why I was pointing that one out. Uh, better weather yeah. there than, uh, than here, though, in the winter. Fair point. All right, let's move to uh, what we're all waiting for. Pat, the last time you and I talked was uh, about two hours before crap hit the fan last week yeah. uh, in, in terms of the Aaron Rodgers situation. So uh, Aaron Rodgers spoke last Friday. He spoke again yesterday on the Pat McAfee Show. Uh, this is about taking responsibility for the first time let's hear from rogers and so i just wanted to start off the show by acknowledging that you know i made some comments that that people might have uh, felt were misleading and uh you know to anybody who felt misled by those comments i take full responsibility for those comments and i'm excited about feeling better i'm excited about moving forward and hopefully getting back with my team and getting back to doing what I do best, and that's playing ball. It's been tough to be away from it. Um, I've been, you know, obviously dealing with uh, the COVID, and I feel like I'm, uh, I'm on the, on the other side of it, thankfully, and thankful uh, to still be able to uh, have something to look forward to this weekend, hopefully. Obviously, very good news. He's feeling good, but but Pat, I assume you've been pretty plugged into everything Rogers has been involved in the last week or so. Uh, seems like he changed his tune-up a little bit yesterday in comparison to, to the things he said last week, right? Yeah, from what I gather, uh, everybody felt, well, it's, it's probably, so this is probably the, uh, the talk that he should have had last week in terms of if, if, in fact, he would have said the same things last week, what he said yesterday, I think it might, might have had a little bit fewer legs on it than with respect to uh, what it did have. Uh, I think that uh, for the most part, from what I can gather and when you listen to your near to the ground, that everybody thought this was very thoughtful, very very smart way he, he talked about it. it. wasn't, you know, humming and homie. He knew exactly what it was all about, and he spoke from the heart and uh, very truthful. And I think in that regard, you know, it's 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 you can say what you want about the guy, but he uh, he's pretty doggone smart and understands the, the lay of the land and the, some of these things that had to creep with respect to the comments. And I think his affiliations with the hospital. You know, he's got some very good uh, relationships with regards to sponsors and things like this. And uh, and I think that uh, for him to do what he did yesterday, 
uh, it took a lot, and, uh, and like I say, it could have been done better earlier, but better late than never. And I think in that regard, he said it the way it was, and he didn't necessarily back down on it. But uh, everybody understands exactly where he's coming from, and, and he can't uh, you can't fault a guy for having his own opinions. Right, I agree with you on that. I still don't love the "Hey, sorry if you're offended" apology, but at this point, we're all just going to move on and. And that's kind of where my sticking point always was with Rodgers, if not his beliefs, but more of how he's handled uh, this whole thing. And uh, it was slightly better yesterday. So that's at least yeah, a good step. It's changed up the tune a little bit, but still still not the best, but definitely better than it was. So we'll take it. And hopefully we're getting back to football. And that's what my final uh, sound of the week is for you, Pat. He talked about the possibility of returning this week. And here's, the, here's number 12. But as far as I know, you know, it's 10 days is up. Uh, and Saturday I can go in the facility. Um, and then I'll be able to uh, to play after that. Is there any thought you're not going to play on Sunday at all? No. Uh, I mean, I think there's a possibility, but uh, a small possibility. Small possibility he doesn't play. So let me ask it this way, Pat. Obviously, we'd rather see Aaron Rodgers out there for the Green Bay Packers, but how confident would you be in Jordan Love if he does have to start against Seattle on Sunday? Well, certainly not as much as a sick Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, let's put it that way. And, uh, I think that uh, that's a tough one. I've always thought that uh, with respect to the league, with regards to the Vikings and the Seahawks, those are two teams. I don't care what the schedule, but the uh, their uh, records are, or where they are at, whatever. They're always tough games, and they always seem to get up for the Packers in one way or another. Pete Carroll, whether by hook or by crook, he can pull it off, and so. Uh, I would. I certainly would be a little bit better than last week. I would expect, but uh, I don't think that the Seahawks. You can count on them being playing as poorly as the uh, as the Chiefs did, and so I think I would be very skeptical at that one. Yeah, uh, I, I would not bet any money on the Packers beating Seattle. Not saying they couldn't do it, but I wouldn't <laughs> bet money on it. That much is for sure. That's been sounds of the week. This is the Pat Rector Show, one hundred point five ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the Man. On the air, on demand, on social, on Wisconsin Sports. Serving Wisconsin sports fans. This is 100.5 ESPN. She made it clear, lipstick can't be wrong. My summer, summer, my sweet summer is gone. Summer is gone. Ball is here. This is the Power Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Jim Rutledge with you live from the Remote Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Uh, alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter and uh, Mr. Alex Strofe, the regular producer of the Jump Around, and the man who watched the Badgers take on St. Francis of Brooklyn or something along those lines. That's correct. Uh, at, yes, at at the Cole Center. And so, Pat, I thought we'd talk some some Badger hoops, but I thought we'd first get uh, Alex's take on that game and kind of what you saw. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I got to first off say Chucky Hepburn, first freshman. Uh, to start for the Badgers in his first career game since Devin Harris is my understanding. He was pretty good. Yeah, he was awesome last night. He was all over the floor, both offensively and defensively. Uh, I believe he was a leading scorer in his debut, if I saw that correctly. So, was really impressed what we saw out of him. Got to, uh, again, take into account the opponent was St. Francis of Brooklyn. But I was impressed with Chucky Hepburn. I think Brad Davison is the right guy. Glad he's back. I think he'll... uh, be a great leader on this squad now you know they're projected to be middle of the pack in the big 10 but 
I think with this group, they could certainly shock some people. So it was a good debut, good good open to the season. Uh, they take on UW-Green Bay and Bo Ryan's son, Will Ryan, on Friday on Bo Ryan night. So I'm sure Friday will be a, be an emotional night at the Kohl Center, and uh, you, you get a different level of opponent than a school I didn't know existed until yesterday. <laughs> well, Pat, you know, what are your thoughts on the team going? Brooklyn, you never know where they're coming from, and I think <laughs> it's kind of a street game, I would guess. Uh, that's the way maybe it was played, but uh, you get some pretty good players that might just uh, sneak through the cracks, but it's nice to hear about Epper, and, uh, and uh, there was some question about him coming and going in the offseason, wasn't it? And then all of a sudden, right. he uh, made the decision finally to to commit and come. And uh, but just wasn't he kind of a questionable there for a while? Um, I think people were worried about it. He never said that he was not coming. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but with yeah, yeah. Now he is one heck of a player, and there are there's a lot of young players on this team. I don't know what this team's going to do as far as making noise, as far as winning basketball games, but. Uh, you know, Kroll had a good game. You know, Davison did his charge thing and play. He wasn't. He didn't play bad, but took him uh, eight minutes. Jim took him eight yeah, minutes to get uh, a, a warning. flop warning. Yeah, that was uh, very expected for Brad Davison. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there's going to be a struggle for points because even when they score 81, I mean, they were so spread out. There's nobody that you're going to count on to get you. I would say. The count on someone consistently getting you double digits is going to be a big ask. There probably won't be a lot of players in double digits for the Badger basketball team. I think Johnny Davis is probably the one where where that – I think it's reasonable to expect that now. You you expect him to take a big jump here in year two, but uh, he's a talented dude, and, you know, he showed off off his passing ability last night in the opener as well as uh, he he had a couple slamma-jammas, so – uh, Johnny Davis bringing some energy to the Badgers, and like I like I mentioned, I mean he'll be expected to kind of be that guy offensively, I imagine this year. So uh, yeah, well you'd hope he he picked up his game because he had a pretty good experience this summer and right. everything else in those those juniors championships and things like that. And so hopefully uh, hopefully that will happen. But uh, it's nice to hear there's some other players there. I, I'm not excited about the fact that Brad got a warning already. I thought maybe he would be the, the kind of the calm and the influencer on the team and not do that, but to get a warning this this early in the season against a team like Ted, I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> we weren't even a quarter into the first game, Pat. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty unreal, but I guess if any player is going to do it in the entire country, uh, it's going to be Brad Davison. That guy likes to try to take charges. He's kind of taking the, uh, the bull by the horns for the for the flappers in the world. So if they're all thinking about Davidson, nothing's going to come up to how good he is with him. Most people are going to probably pass on the other guys and wait till they have a game with Davidson. Yeah, he uh, he gets. he's one of those guys where I think most people are happy he's a Badger, but everyone, I, I would imagine he's the Grayson Allen or J.J. Redick of the Big Ten Conference for every other school. Well, that would have been crazy if we had had Grayson Allen like they were thinking about getting him at the Bucks. Uh, he was probably the most... Uh, Disliked person in college basketball for years after the Duke beat the Badgers in the tournament. He is on the Bucks. He was with the team at the White House. Too. They uh, so he did make it. Yeah, yeah. They, he, had, they were working a deal out with him and never didn't didn't come through. Had a big game for the Bucks last night. I think he had twenty five points actually in Milwaukee's oh, win over wow. Philadelphia with with all the injuries going on. So yeah, he's on the team, Pat. And you know we talked about it a bit yesterday on the jump around. 
I'm I'm in that camp you just discussed. I can't get over him because he's like the modern day Christian Leitner in my eyes. I just uh, yeah. I have a hard time rooting for him. Yeah, but now he's it's gotten a little bit better. I think we the Bulls, uh, the Bucks have really gotten, I think looking for somebody with a shooting ability, and I think that. Uh, very quickly, he would have had to learn a lesson to get into the pros. Otherwise, uh, they'd have taken care of it himself. He wouldn't be in the wouldn't be playing at the pro level. Uh, that had to he had to wipe that across his his career and get rid of that as quickly as possible because nobody's going to play with a guy like that. Or they'll they'll make sure that he doesn't uh, get an opportunity. They'll they'll box him out. They'll they'll knock him down. They'll do everything they can. Everybody will think that a foul is worth it if you can get Grayson Allen to to retaliate. Well, Pat, as always, we appreciate the time. Okay, guys. Talk to you next week. This has been the Pat Richter Show. Thanks to Simmons Chevrolet, Oak Park Place, and J&K Security Solutions. If you missed any part of the show, you can listen back wherever it is you like to listen to podcasts. Wisconsin On Demand, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever those places are. You can listen to the Pat Richter Show. Strofe, what uh, jumped out to you quickly before we wrap up here from uh, Mr. Pat Richter? I always enjoy the, as I tell you every week, when he puts on the hat from his former athletic director position and talks about, you know, the Packers potentially needing an owner uh, and and some of the decision-making that goes in to different situations. I always find that fun. Uh, But to hear his take on on Badgers hoops, I'm so happy it's college hoop season, Jimmy. I'm so fired up. It was great to see the Badgers in action last night. So uh, getting excited to hear Pat talk about hoops the next couple of months. I'm not saying Pat Richter is Rob Domoski's source, but I think we figured out that Rob Domoski has a source on the Green Bay Packers board because Pat said that they had a letter come to them last night telling them this information that Rob Domoski broke last night. There you go. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's what stood out to me. This has been the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man.